The double-digit weeks have arrived, and the intensity of this fantasy football season has just turned up to 11. Speaking of 11, Julio Jones' status is up in the air, along with the likes of Devontae Freeman, Matt Forte, and, as always, Ezekiel Elliott. The Ruts boys don't have much of an idea about what's going on, but we definitely have a better one than you. So let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Run Up the Score. This is Donald here with Scott hey, Don. and Tom. Hey, everybody. We have taken our podcast on the road. We are in Tom's apartment today as opposed to our typical studio. Um, happy to be here. Thank you for having us, Tom. My pleasure to host. And I thought that 11 cold open was going to feature some Stranger Things references. Well, some Stranger Things are going to be going on in the league this week. That is for sure. Uh, we got the big news this week. Mike Evans' uh, appeal of his one-game suspension was denied. He will be serving that one-game suspension against the Jets. We just felt like getting that out of the way right. uh, to start. And we've got plenty of updates about practice schedules and uh, suspensions looming and all sorts of fun things uh, to get you ready for Week 10 in fantasy football. But before that, we got to bring another friend into the podcast. His name is John Taffer. Shut it down! And it's time to shut it down. So let's start with quarterbacks, and we'll start since he is hosting us so nicely. He will wait. And Scott will go first, <laughs> as a good host should. Um, I'm going to go ahead and shut down Captain Kirk Cousins. You know, he's he's kind of a favorite of the pot. A lot of us really, well, all three of us really like him. But, you know, this week is a tough one. Minnesota has only allowed three passing touchdowns over the last five weeks, and they're coming off a bye. I think Kirk is just going to struggle here due to, you know, potential lack of healthy options. You know, he, Jordan Reed going out, uh, Crowder still battling injuries and just overall inefficiencies at the receiver. I think it's just going to be another one of those fade weeks on, on Cousins where he just, you know, gets you maybe like 10, nothing special. I like this call, but I'm also not as intimidated in season-long right. shares of Kirk Cousins that I have because those three games, you fail to mention that it was Aaron Rodgers leaving the game early and the other one was the Browns. So not exactly the most staunch offenses right. that the Vikings were facing, but still it's going to be a lower output game from Kirk Cousins regardless. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I was thinking this is this might be one of the more defensive struggle games because I think Washington learned a little bit about their defense last week and, and how well they played against Seattle. Tom, let's go to you. I'm going to shut down Phillip Rivers, and it's kind of on the same wavelength Another here. favorite of ours. <laughs> yeah, another another favorite of ours. It's a tough matchup, obviously. He's playing against Jacksonville Jaguars, who have been a force to be reckoned with yep. on defense, even as a defensive fantasy asset. But um, it's kind of like, like how you were not saying... You're saying, I'm not fading Kirk so badly, you know? Yeah. I just think this week, there's a lot of quarterback options. There are. Like, it was really hard to find a shutdown and really easy to find a plum pick. Yeah. And with Phil, it's not like you were so pot committed when you drafted him that you, I mean, if you have Phil, you probably already have another quarterback on your roster. Most likely. So I'm going to say blindly start the other guy this week. It's, it's his time. It's hard to find a worse matchup for a quarterback who's prone to throwing a lot of interceptions yes. than the Jags' pass defense. Yes. So I agree. I was going to pick Kirk Cousins until I looked at the sheet and saw that Tom beat me to it. So I'm absolutely on board with that. My Wait, you mean Phil? Phil, yeah. yeah. Why did I? What did I say? You said Kirk, but... Oh, figures. Well, yeah, I'm on no board worries. with Kirk, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, my shut-it-down quarterback is... 
Building suspense, building suspense. Marcus Mariota. Nice. <laughs> um, this is a game where, um, and actually, you'll find out why in my plum picks, the Bengals offense is a lot of deep shots. I think we're going to get a lot of celebratory deep shots because they're so happy that A.J. Green didn't get suspended that I think they're going to try to uncork him. The, the Titans secondary is susceptible to a lot of big plays, and because of that, I think – the Titans may be playing from behind in this one, and Marcus Mariota just isn't that great of a quarterback to sling it all over the field and play well from behind. No matter what, they're still going to rely on that run game, and the Bengals' pass defense has been pretty good so far this yep. season. So it's not a plus week for Mariota, kind of akin to the theme that we've been developing. He's probably pretty safe for double-digit points, but he's not going to get you you know, upwards of 18, 20 points this week. Right, and there's guys out there that can, and that, that's the big difference. Um, I agree with you. I think maybe for a little bit of a different reason, though. I think that the Titans aren't going to allow themselves to get that far behind because they'll dictate the pace of the game by running the ball and playing good defense. So either way, you know, there that's two storylines that you have right there that are both contributing against Mariota maybe not having a great week. Yeah, and I also think despite any ASU bias, that Vontae's perfect actually <laughs> matches up versus them pretty well. They involve both their running backs in the pass game yep. and he's a guy who can stop that. They have good tight ends in Delaney Walker and Johnny Smith and Supernaw, Super our, our new boy. Yep. Supernaw was actually what my girlfriend said to me the first time I asked her out on a date. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, the linebacking position cuts down those assets, and those are really strong assets that the Titans have, and the Bengals' defense isn't terrible. So I do I do see the, the path here to Marcus Mariota being shut down. Absolutely. Let's go to running backs. And Tom, you have a running back who's playing tonight. So you this can't wait any longer. Who is your shutdown running back this week? Yeah, my shutdown running back is Adrian Peterson. I know um, he had an otherworldly week last week, but you look at it, he's coming off the bye that week, right? Right. So he's fully rested. and In the dream matchup. In the dream matchup. And now he's got the short week in the nightmare matchup. And coming off 40 touches. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not a young man. He's coming off a career high of touches. And the last time he went off, the following week, there was a big drop-off. Mm-hmm. And I expect another big drop-off here. I mean, Adrian Peterson, you almost got to say it. He's an otherworldly talent. He can make me eat my words. You know, He did when I shut him down. Yeah, yeah but I mean, there's too many signs that point to him having less effective of a game. And we were talking about this too, Scotty. Um, Cardinals, Seahawks last year, not even a touchdown. Yeah, a touchdownless tie. A 6-6 yeah. tie with almost as many missed field goals as made field goals. Yeah, so yeah. not the dream matchup for fantasy points. Me and Scott were weighing the pros and cons before Don arrived, even about starting Larry Fitzgerald this week. Yep. And we're not you know, too excited by that prospect. So yeah, this we matchup is kind of barren. And there's a lot of things going against Adrian Peterson. Absolutely. He's volume dependent, and that volume may not come if they have to throw a lot because we've said that we said this last week. This might be that time when Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin start clicking and they just torch everybody down the stretch. Yeah. yeah. So they uh, could have that weird, you know, weird Seahawks game where they don't score a lot of points, but that happened last week and they normally kind of rebound from those junker weeks. Um, I agree with Tom. I think that that the Seahawks would be 
foolish to not stack the box and, and just beg Stanton to try and beat that that secondary. Absolutely. I think I mean and you gotta think Pete Carroll knows that seeing what the Cardinals are like without Carson Palmer all these all this time. Yeah. Scott, who is your shutdown running back? Uh, I'm shutting down Kenyon Drake. Uh he was very encouraging last week, obviously, and, and there's reason for optimism, I, I think for sure. But you know, the, he's playing Carolina this week. Their run defense is no joke, you know, and he may be able to bail you out with a couple catches here and there, but you know the the Panthers really, because they do let up a, a good amount of catches to the running back position, but they don't necessarily let up a lot of yards. I was going to say that if you didn't. Yeah. So, you know, he, he may catch three or four passes, but, you know, he might only get 60 total yards. And kind of along the lines of what we were saying, you know, the volume will be there for him, I think. But, you know, there's other guys out there, and, right. and there's, you know, I think he's best suited on your bench. And season week. long, I think a lot, not many people are probably going to be counting on Kenyon Drake this week anyway, but he's a very intriguing DFS pick for, for the sure. rest of the season due to his low price based on, you know, him, Ajayi still being there. So, you know, he might be enticing to some people this week. It's just not the week to use him. He'll have some plus matchups that you can right. get him in DFS for, but it's not this week. You know, he had a 17-point week last week full PPR so right it's very encouraging you know and, and I would be excited if I owned him but you know maybe next week yeah. yeah it's good that we tell you you know shut it down after the big week we've done that a couple times right. before and I think that's really useful because a lot of fantasy owners chase the numbers right. recency bias and, man. exactly and don't forget that he's splitting the job versus good defense right right, right. so like I think 60 yards is almost like his max this week so yeah. I really do agree because and I've also hopped on the Luke Keekley train on this podcast a million times. Right. He's a defensive world Beast. beater. Yeah. And sticking with this theme of the Dolphins running back, Scott, are you shutting down Damian Williams as well? I actually kind of like him a little more this week um, just because of his pass catching ability. And I think they will be losing that. I think that if you're playing, if you're going for a PPR volume play, I'd lean Williams, but I'm, much happier benching both. Got you. Yeah. I was going to say, you shouldn't be too excited about the prospects. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually going to stay in the state of Florida for my shutdown running back. I've got Doug Martin. Eight carries, seven yards should be enough to shut Doug Martin down for this week. But he's also got his second-string quarterback. He's also on a team that's missing their best, you know, attention hog weapon. wide receiver. And it's just it's just a really tough week for Doug Martin. And the Jets were great against LaShawn McCoy last week. I was just about so to say. last I checked, I think LaShawn McCoy is a little bit better than Doug Martin, so I'm staying away from Doug Martin this week. I was just about to say, you're going to give that Jets run day a little credit, Don? Absolutely. And, and you came through. Tom's rocking the uh, South Korean-made Jets hat as we're in here today. Uh, you know, we always support the Jets, and I think that you know their run defense showed so much promise last week that I agree, you can't trust... Doug Martin because, you know, their defense can't stop a nosebleed either, so it looks like they'll be behind. And once they, they, he gets behind, you know, Doug Martin gets glued to the bench. Yeah, and a major tenet of the Jets' philosophy has always been run-stopping. Granted, it's not always going perfectly, but right. given the example last week, they're doing something right. All right, let's move on to receivers. Uh, my shut-it-down wide receiver, I'm kind of bending the rules a little bit here because a member of this very podcast said that this guy isn't a, a running back. He's more of a wide receiver. My shut it down wide receiver in quotes is Chris Thompson. Okay. Okay. He's a pass catching <laughs> running like that. back. That's basically used as a wide receiver out of the backfield. Yep. And Minnesota has not allowed more than 30 receiving yards to an opposing running back this season. Hash. And that is where Chris Tag. Thompson butters his bread stats. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. 
So I love Chris Thompson. I really need him this week in a game, yeah. and I know I'm not going to get it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like to shut down obviously because I don't, I don't like Kirk either. And and like you said, you know, he is a receiver, but he runs those routes out of the backfield, so he needs to kind of be treated as a running back in terms of how he will be picked up. And uh, and clearly, the Vikings have been able to pick up running backs in coverage really well this season. They've picked up pretty much everybody in coverage really well. Right. Um, so, Scott, let's swing it to you. Who are you shutting down at wide out this week? A surprise, I think, you know, especially starting at the beginning of the year. I'm shutting down Jordy Nelson. Um, mm. It's time. Yeah. You know, and He's I, feel not an so, I feel so bad doing it. But yeah. since Rodgers lit up the the Bears in that Thursday night game where he had, you know, like four touchdowns, a game stopped in the middle, middle of it and stuff, uh, the Bears haven't allowed a touchdown to a wide receiver since. Whoa. So Hunley, ha- you know, and, and that's against Minnesota, Baltimore, Carolina, New Orleans. We're not talking about world beating wide receivers, but I mean, Minnesota digs and Thielen. Baltimore, you got Macklin. Macklin might have been hurt. You know, that's kind of a wash. Carolina, you got Benjamin Funches and, and New Orleans, obviously, you know, their receivers. So, so they're doing it against good receivers and decent quarterbacks. And you're playing against a quarterback that's not very good this week. I expect the Bears to just really control the ball through the ground and just not leave a ton of opportunity for Jordy because he's not the number one there anymore. Even better at home are the Bears. Yes. And they are home. Yeah, I mean, the Bears are going to win that game. I really have and no doubt. Adams took Adams, I think, kind of has taken supplanted over. him as the number one receiver, yeah. so it puts Jordy just too far behind the eight ball for yep. me. Absolutely. Tom, let's move to you. I'm shutting down Stephon Diggs, and if your trade you deadline has not passed, yeah, I'm not digging it today. <laughs> if your trade deadline has not passed, this is a guy that I would probably try to ship out. Um, his schedule going forward is not conducive to you winning a championship. Let's okay. put it that way. This week, and I'm shutting him down for this week as well, obviously. Norman. He gets Norman. So that's enough. Los Angeles Rams next week. Tough. Darius Slay the next week mm-hmm. with uh, the Lions. Yep. 13, Atlanta. Good cornerbacks over there. No doubt. 14, Carolina. 15, Cincinnati. Whoo. Tough. 16, he does get. Green Bay. So but like, you can't bench him for seven straight weeks it, hoping for that, a championship yeah, you, play. That's just the championship. <laughs> yeah. you, you don't just automatically get to the championship. Yeah, exactly. So you don't just automatically start a guy who you haven't started in six weeks in the championship game either. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's always dealing with injury, whatever. He's healthy right now. And if you can move him before the trade deadline, he's still got that spark from the beginning of the year when he was really going crazy. Yep. People remember that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Look how high Kareem Hunt's value is, even though he hasn't scored in six weeks. Right. So this is a guy that I would really be looking to trade before the deadline, and I think he can still get good yep. value from it. Tom, you mentioned Norman. It's really not just Norman with this Washington pass defense because you know they haven't allowed a, a receiver to go over 66 yards this season. Yeah, Breland has really, really... He really came of age this yeah. year. Yeah, they've no been, doubt. They've been an awesome secondary, and they play really well in primetime. Yep. I've been saying that. Yeah. And they get they keep getting primetime games. I don't yeah. think this one is, but um, I'd Them still... in Detroit, right? Like, the Lions have so many primetime games. Miami had yeah, Sunday night this week, and they have Monday night now. The Dolphins right. went back-to-back. So, stupid, but whatever. Yeah, whatever, it's right. <laughs> every every primetime game, except for the Thursday nights, should be able to be flexed into a different Couldn't game. agree more. Um, but that's, you know, that's just the smart thing. So why would the NFL do that? Let's move to tight ends, and Tom, we'll stick with you. All right, I'm shutting down Austin Hooper. I love the guy. Um, I'm not sure you're starting him every week right now, but this is not the one to do it. The Cowboys' defense is beaten by guys who resemble every receiver on the Falcons. 
Emmanuel Sanders. You can compare him to uh, a little bit more of a Mohamed Sanu. Yeah. Then you get Julio Jones, more of you know some of the other guys like uh, Larry Fitzgerald types yeah. who have really destroyed this defense. And they've got Sean Lee in the middle of the field. You get your linebacker on the tight end, and he's going to be about the fifth option now. And Sean Lee, there's nine more turnovers in their favor when he's on the field. And Matt Ryan has not been that great. Sean Lee has been great. He's been healthy. And the tight end on the Falcons is just not well suited this week no agreed Couldn't i agree. agree more yeah it's money yeah we'll we'll kind of get into that more i think with a little of the uh, game preview but right yeah. now let's go to scott's shut down tight end i'm gonna shut down charles clay uh sorry tom but <laughs> and i am pumped that he's coming back uh i just feel like he's gonna struggle shaking off the rust because the saints defense has been great uh they've only allowed 26 catches wow. to the tight end position all season gross and you know I was looking at the touchdowns that they've allowed, and they've allowed four touchdowns to tight ends. Uh, Two were the first two weeks when they were just abysmal. Um, You know, Rudolph got one kind of late as like an as an ice away. Uh, Gronk went nuts. You know, he does that to to everybody. And then you know you see Daniel Fells score a kind of you know Darren. Darren, sorry, yeah, exactly. Um, I don't even know who the hell he is, but uh, you see Darren Fells score. You know, kind of weird as a second tight end, and then you see Luke. Stalker or Stoker, I believe, last week scored for Tampa Bay. So these tight ends aren't, you know, they're not the big name tight ends on these teams. And I think Charles Clay is going to see that this week when he struggles. Yeah. Yeah. They're the ones that aren't getting attention. Right. If you saw the Stalker play, it was a complete, like, kind of gadgety thing. Yeah. Yeah, He was wide open. All right. My shutdown tight end is Jack Doyle. I know he's been one of the more, more, the most targeted pass catcher this season, but that doesn't mean it's going to equate to something against. The Steelers, who now have a defense who knows they're going to be playing against Jacoby Brissett. You know, the Steelers defense has been playing great all year, and they had a week off to rest up. They're going to be pinning their ears back and coming for Brissett as early and as often as they can. And I just don't... They're either going to need to use the Colts are either going to need to use Jack Doyle as a blocker, or they're just not going to be able to set up plays for him to get him in space and to get him doing what he does so well over the past couple weeks. Yeah, I think more of a standard shutdown there. It's going to be harder for him to find the end zone. Right. But uh, I do believe that when you're facing a good secondary, the tight end does have a chance to score. So I don't hate Jack Doyle, and I especially don't hate him in PPR because of the amount of targets he's been getting. He can can beat a standard tight end performance on receptions alone. Yeah. I I don't mean standard as in the scoring format. I mean just like your run-of-the-mill tight end. Right. So on receptions alone, he could get you six points. Right. So uh, in a standard league, I can see why you might fade him, especially you know when there's some good options out there available. Definitely. I agree with you, yeah. All righty. So if you've got some of these guys who are on our shutdown list with a, another buy-heavy week, you might need somebody to, uh, to kind of save your roster. And luckily, we've got some guys who we've got a really good feeling about. I can feel it down in my plums. So let's get to our plum picks for this week. We'll start again with quarterbacks. And Tom, since you were so patient during the shutdown quarterbacks, we'll start our plum pick quarterbacks with you. Yeah, I feel like as far as quarterbacks go, I've been given the responsibility to tell you when and when not to start Ben Roethlisberger. And I've been doing... Self-appointed, but you've been doing a good job. I've been doing a good job. (laughs) He's a gimme plum pick and shutdown guy as far as I'm concerned. He's the T.Y. Hilton of quarterbacks. Sometimes, you know, you need a little pushing and prodding to make the decision for you. I think this week is fine for Ben Roethlisberger. 
albeit I think it's a good week for Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. He gets the Colts. The Colts have been bad, very, very bad. You see Blake Bortles turn in a good performance. Ben's problems are a long ways away, and he's got some good home games going. And if they drop a couple, I'm kind of getting a, a season-long perspective on some of mine. Yeah, here. you're taking it a little farther yeah, beyond, I'm but looking, I'm okay with I'm it. Looking, Continue. I'm uh, looking 200 yards away. Right. And uh, he gets the Browns week 17 if you play in one of those wacky leagues. And he's got some good matchups going forward. He's got some home games. I think he's a rosterable quarterback once again. And there's been, you know, a falling out on the Ben Roethlisberger bandwagon. So he's available out there. And this week, pick him up, play him, and maybe even keep him on the roster. I think the emergence of uh, Juju definitely helps his outlook, no question. Um you know he's he's still going to be a matchup based guy, but I agree this is this is it. This is one of those you know if you're not starting him, then you might as well drop in matchups. All right, Scotty, we'll go to you then for your plum pick quarterback. My plum pick quarterback. I'm gonna pull out a little magic for this one and go with my boy Fitz Magic, my former boy, <laughs> and it's and it's a double down because it's a former Jet. In a revenge game, guys. How much better can it get? This guy left the Jets fuming, ready to, like, saying just release me last year after his benching and all these things. So he's going to want to stick it to them. I understand that Evans is out, but, you know, this offense still has some kind of weapons that can move the ball. And in the preview, I'll get to some some deeper looks on that offense that I think can have a big week. Uh, But the Jets have allowed at least two passing touchdowns five weeks in a row. And... Fitzpatrick can own garbage time the in this game easily. 250 passing and two passing touchdowns. Yeah. Five weeks in a row, they've had at least two touchdowns allowed. Um, Why you, not? Do you have the stat of the one you told me on Monday? Gotta be more Maybe not remember. Okay. Yeah, I, I rip them off. <laughs> Josh McCown and Ryan Fitzpatrick are going to combine for the most teams started who uh, to the two quarterbacks have started for, and they're breaking the record that Josh McCown and Ryan Fitzpatrick set last year. Most teams Amazing. combined played for. I think McCown hashtag eight? stats. Yeah, well, they're fifteen combined, and they were thirteen combined last year. So they so they so both moved p- to a new team, added another team, and then they're like, all right, well, we'll face off again. And then add to our record. and then they got to do the jersey trade at the end of the at for the end sure of the season because <laughs> they're basically going to have a whole hallway in their homes dedicated to the other guys' jerseys yeah. from his former teams. <laughs> I think it was McCown tweeted last year. His daughter had like Jersey Day at school, and all her friends wore McCown jerseys. Yeah, yeah, I remember from that. Different teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember that. There was like eight of them. Very cool. Yeah, That's that so was cool. Funny. That was awesome. Um, my my plum pick quarterback is Andy Dalton playing against Tennessee. Like I said, you know, the Tennessee pass defense has not been very good. They've been torched this year. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot more deep shots to A.J. Green. You know, it was a really frustrating game for him. I think they're going to want to get him in a positive mindset. They kind of want to keep him in the game because, you know, it's really turning into a lost season for Cincinnati. So I think that, you know, they're going to want to keep their star who they want around happy. And I think they have a defense that they can exploit that for uh, this week. Let's go into wide receivers because my plum pick wide receiver is AJ green. I think he's worth the DFS (laughs) investment this week. Um, So I'm stacking him and Andy Dalton. Cool. I think we see a couple long ones from them, hopefully a long touchdown, which gets you the bonus in DraftKings, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So I think this, this is going to be a good week for the Bengals defense bonus in DraftKings just to be, you get three points if your receiver goes over a hundred yards. So, so no play bonus, but a yardage bonus. I'm pretty sure. Perfect. Um, But I agree with you. I think, I think it might be, 
one. It's uh, that's whatever. It's a couple points. It's either one or it's three. It's something or... that you can't hang your hat on. Yeah, it's it, a just. It's a, it's a literal bonus. Me, me and Tom play DraftKings every week, and we don't know the bonus. So I think that <laughs> that's a good sign of yeah. how how important it is. Fair um, enough. But I I agree with you on Dalton and AJ Green. I think it is a good week to to stack them. This secondary has been beatable and. Uh, you know, I think the game will still be low scoring, but I think AJ Green is going to see you know a very very large amount of yeah. targets. All right, Scott, let's stick with you then. Who's your plum pick wide receiver? My plum pick wide receiver is our boy, the Moscow Mule. The mule. Here we go. It's a mule, mule week. Yeehaw. Get excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the sound mules make, and I know that, but I don't care. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't, loved it. it I didn't see that coming. Anyway. Um, you know, this Houston defense has just been ripped down the middle of the field with you know big plays by Richardson and and Hogan. If you look back a few weeks, T-Y. and Ty just you know gashed them running those kind of drags and you know those routes over the middle of the field, which is which is the Cooper Cup territory. I think Robert Woods had a really big showing last week doing exactly that. But that might put the defenses kind of onto the scent of Robert Woods this week. Maybe they pay a little more attention to him. Cooper Cup slides his way into the end zone. Yeah, and Cooper Cup is also getting an insane amount of red zone targets. Oh, yeah. He's top five in the NFL in red zone targets. So you can hang your hat on that. You know, you don't hang your hat on the DraftKings bonus, but you can no. hang your hat. <laughs> on tutties. On, on tutties. <laughs> yes, no doubt. Absolutely. Uh, Tom, I think the hat that you're wearing is a hint at who your plum pick wide receiver is. Yeah, I'm rocking the Jets gear. I'm all in on the Jets this week versus Tampa Bay. We've been screaming about how bad of a defense they are and how great of a fantasy soft target they are. And I got to give it up to my boy, Robbie Anderson, this week. He's been going oh, yeah. off. Throw some respect on his name, oh, people. Yeah. If you got him, you got to Our boy as well. Him. You know, we've got our oh, guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's another one of, of our. We were going crazy That's for. another one of our favorites, yeah. no doubt. And yeah, he was a sleeper, and he was a little bit asleep at the beginning of the season. Oh, yeah. But, man, did he wake up. And you got to be happy if you held on to him or you got him. Down the line, I think he's going to be a really good asset going forward. And, you know, for the rest of yeah. as long as he's getting this target share, he's he's very hard to stop. He's yep. long. He's fast. He's got good hands. Mm-hmm. And he gets a big percentage of the target share against a team that just can't stop a nosebleed. So, yeah, give me all the Robbie Anderson yeah. you got. I like him so much that I actually like curse this week, too. Yeah, I kind of like curse as like a like I won't go too into the preview, but I kind of like him as that back end DFS type yep. of play, yeah. too. You know. The Jets' offense has just been playing so well, and I think that uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins doesn't really get a lot of credit for how much progress the offense has made since he came back from his suspension. Um, and I think he has opened up so much room for Robbie Anderson. To revenge just, game to for just, Safarian Jenkins. Another revenge game for Safarian Jenkins, too. We're, we're delving deep into the preview of the Jets' bucks, but we have a lot of these guys yeah, on do. here. So, um, you know, yeah, I we love... We covered it. Yeah, yeah, I love Robbie, and I think he's he's worth a great start. Um, if we're not going to cover the game, can I throw in those Charles guys I was Sims. talking about? Um, one of the guys I really like this week in DFS, and it's way out there, Chris Godwin. Uh, he's going to be the fill-in receiver for Mike Evans this week. I think he could easily see a lot of garbage targets, and he's going to be as cheap as they come. Yeah, yeah. I played Russell Shepard in the week that Mike Evans missed last year. Right. <clears throat> he got a touchdown, and I was happy as a pig. There you go. In a pile of poop. <laughs> All right. Um, here's a segue. Uh, shut it down, <laughs> running backs, Tom. Plum pick running backs. Plum pick running backs, Tom. So you got the, <laughs> I threw you all off. Yeah. Uh, Carlos Too many Hyde. farm animals this episode. <laughs> Carlos Hyde, man. The 49ers 
are not going to have a lot of games where they have a chance to have a positive game script. But versus the Giants, they just might. Yep. And I really think Carlos Hyde has just been having a good year by any measurable statistic anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously so you're playing him, but I think like in a, even a daily uh, sort of arena, he's worth the he's worth the price of admission because how that game might end. If he can just churn and churn at the end and get you some receptions yeah. in the meantime and maybe a touchdown somewhere, you know, like maybe the second quarter with four minutes and 31 seconds left. It's a good guess. Yeah. <laughs> Who yeah. knows? Maybe. You're going to be in the money. But even if he, you know, doesn't get it at 430 or, or whenever, he's going to bail you out with all these targets, man. He got 12 targets. So I agree. I'd love him in, in like a DraftKings type of play where you get that full PPR boost because I think he can catch, you know, five, six balls and score this yeah, week. Yeah, and what I'm saying is that's the norm, but I think you get a plus on the possibility that he might be running clock. Mm-hmm. On the... um. To go off of the pass catching uh, thing, I got a statistic for you. Over the last six weeks, the only running back who's been targeted more than Carlos Hyde is Christian McCaffrey. Hashtag stats. Wow, that's very interesting. Scott, let's swing it over to you. Who is your plum pick running back? (laughs) My plum pick running back is, you know, this is a guy you're probably going to start. It's Jordan Howard, but I really, I love him for DFS this week. Uh, You know, the Packers have just been getting eaten on the ground over the past couple weeks. Even Abdullah got in the end zone, and the the Lions' run game is just a joke. If you watch the game, you can see how bad it is, and even Abdullah looked okay. So And Riddick had a nice run, too. Yeah, yeah, he did. And, you know, this is a kind of game where the Bears are in the game, and, you know, John Fox is like, oh, shit, we can actually win this one. Let me just stuff the ball in Jordan (laughs) Howard's stomach 40 times. Yeah. And If you want to talk about some churning to beat the clock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think he's going to be beating – he's going to be trying to beat the clock from the first quarter. (laughs) So I think he's going to just see too many carries, too much work, and against a defense that's pretty soft target, I think Howard rumbles this week. I'll go to my plum pick because it's a third running back who I think is going to be churning the clock and eating up clock to end the game when it's out of hand. Thomas Rawls. He Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator of Seattle, announced that he's going to be the starter this week. He easily looked the best that any Seattle running back has looked since Chris Carson's unfortunate injury. Mm-hmm. He also added some value in the past game. He had two receptions for 31 yards. He can be involved all game as long as he brings that spark that he brought after Eddie Lacy left the game with an injury right. last week. Yeah, Rawls, sometimes he runs with that edge, you know, and you're like, whoa, this guy's a stud. And then yeah. sometimes you don't see it. I think this is a week. You're right. This is his chance, you know. Yeah. He's the no doubt number one starter going into the week for maybe the first time all season without a lot to come in and compete with him, maybe a little McKissick action. But I agree with you. It's this. It's now or never for Rawls, and I think he shines. And I can even come from the top rope off of your shutdown running back. Adrian Peterson had a lot of usage last week. He's going to be – He's there's definitely going to be some fatigue involved, especially on a short week for him so if the Cardinals defense can't or Cardinals offense can't stay on the field that means Seattle's offense can right. and that just means more plays which means more opportunities for Rawls no doubt. if you need him I think he can hang with him this week I actually really like it too and um, the organization as a whole the Seahawks they like Thomas Rawls they like him yep. more than all the other guys he's given them enough chances to just be like Hey, we're sick of you, but yeah. they're never sick of him. They're yeah. like an ex-girlfriend that just keeps coming back. Yeah. Thomas Rawls. They yeah. love that. Hey, yeah. I'm in town. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> Need a couple carries? I'm here. <laughs> uh, let's go to our plum pick tight ends. Scott. Sure. Um, I like Kyle Rudolph this week. Uh, he's quietly caught five, at least five passes over the last four weeks. 
And the Skins have really struggled against the tight end. They give up on average about six catches for 80 yards and half a touchdown to the position. Um, you're not going to see really any other tight end come in and compete with Kyle Rudolph for these targets. So someone would have by now. So if you're looking at if you're looking at a guy who's like, all right, who's going to have a high floor? Someone who's caught five passes you know, every week for the past five weeks against a team that's allowing six catches to that position. I think he catches five or six balls, and I think he scores a touchdown this week. I like it. I've always touted that he gets a lot of receptions. That's his That's yeah. his thing, man. Yep. Tom, who's yours? I'm going to go with Ebron here, and they're playing the Browns. Yes, this is, so, this is the epitome of a plum pick at tight end. <laughs> yes. Well, I I've love got- it. I've got some, you know, storyline evidence here. Can you, you know? catch better against the Browns? Um, yes. I think, I think <laughs> Ebron's spirits are lifted, guys. You know, Is after, it because of the Rock'em Sock'em Robot celebration? I don't think so. But since these trade rumors were brewing, and then he went out there and had two, like, chunk yardage plays right before the trade deadline, right. the stadium kind of warmed up to him. They were, like, cheering him on. Well, yeah, you don't think so bad. a couple weeks ago where they were booing him. And then you watch last week, and... He is the main guy still. I know I was pumping up Fells, and I know Fells can still score versus the Browns. It's the Browns. Of course. If you haven't been listening. The Browns. The Browns get scored on by tight ends like clockwork. Mm -hmm. So it's always a good option. And I think Ebron is still the guy. And I just don't think getting sneaky with Fells is worth it because no one cares about Ebron anymore. You don't have to get sneaky with Fells. Ebron is out there, and he's the guy who they're giving the ball to. They've they've kind of re. Ebron is sneaky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a sneaky start in fantasy because he's fallen so far off the radar. But you know, this is along the lines of me playing Tyler Higby against the Giants and DraftKings last week. This is a matchup that you can exploit if it's a tight end. You know, this is Eric Ebron, tight end. Plays the Browns. It doesn't really matter what his name is. He's a tight end that plays the Browns. He's going to field enough snaps, puts him in the in the consideration to score. One more time so the people in the back can hear it. The Browns. <laughs> My plum pick tight end to wrap it up is Evan Engram. When you go to the Yahoo or the ESPN uh, points against the tight end ranking, San Francisco ranks pretty well. But guess what? They've allowed a tight end to score a touchdown in the last three weeks. Guess who scored a touchdown in his team's last three games? Evan Engram. Sterling Shepard coming back did not eat into Engram's targets. I think they were trying to find a role for Sterling Shepard alongside Evan Engram, not yeah. finding a role for Evan Engram alongside Sterling Shepard. He both. is the featured role in this passing offense. If he goes, they go. And we saw the junk time touchdown. So if by some godforsaken miracle, the Niners jump out to a huge lead, they're going to look to Engram to get them back on the board and back in the game. I don't want to get uh, like, you know, I don't want to sound too crazy, but like he he's like Gronk in a different way that he's not used like he's not used like a tight end. He's like he's Tom always Graham says, right? Yeah, yeah. That's actually a great comparison. You know, Tom always says that uh, Gronk's not a tight end. He's a Gronk, and you put yeah. Gronk on the field and you move him wherever. You know, that's what the Giants are doing with Engram. You know, obviously Engram does it with speed and agility as opposed to raw power from from the Gronk. But you know, it doesn't matter how he does it as long as he gets it done. And Engram has been getting it done. You know, All I'm year. so happy that you didn't trade him those weeks ago when we were talking about that on the podcast. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. In a few yeah. years, he's going to be in a contract dispute trying to get paid like a wide receiver. Yes. And he deserves it because he's and he won't such get an unbelievable. No, he won't get it. <laughs> and he may point back to yeah. this game. <laughs> and he may point back to this podcast. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, hey, they believed in me. Why don't you? We'll sign them. All right. Um, let's get to the slate. Really quick reminder. We've got a couple of teams on by. The Raiders, the Eagles, the... Anybody help me out? Chiefs. Chiefs and... and Baltimore. The Ravens. Yep. So a tough bye week. A lot of fantasy relevant players on bye. For sure. So it's going to be a tough week. Seahawks, Cardinals, we've covered a lot. This could be a slugfest. This could be a blowout by the Seahawks, but I don't see it I, any other way than those two I ways. think the I think the the most important guy that I definitely want to touch on and, and see how you guys feel is Larry Fitzgerald. What are, what are we thinking about him this week? You know, he's he's on that flex range, and even in the league, I was talking to Tom before the show started. Uh, you know, I got like Forte Powell combo in a league that I could play one of those two or if it's Cheryl I'm like I'm unsure what to do well if, for me it's like we've said it before he starts hot right so yeah. he's already started hot and he's already on the downward trend not to mention Drew Stanton is throwing him the ball exactly man and it's just hard to get excited about that especially when he's playing the Seahawks so it's like three reasons to not start him is enough for me yeah. um, where I have him I'm actually sitting him as well I'm actually flexing Tevin Coleman instead. Right. It's so tough to do tough. that to Larry, but I think it makes sense this week. Yeah. I'll, I mean, if you're a what believer you in primetime Larry, though, and if he's going to be your flex, I get it. But other than that, I'm not putting him at my wide receiver two, and PPR, I'm certainly not putting him at wide receiver one. PPR gets a little bit more consideration yeah. for me, but um, certainly not standard. Right. Yeah. Um, Jets, Bucks, we've covered this ad nauseum. I'll just add this last thought. Josh McCown has played for so many teams that I think he's forgot which ones he's played for and which ones he hasn't. So he just plays every game like a revenge game. So if you're a believer in revenge games, I think you can still roll out Josh McCown this week as right. well. Yeah, great QB matchup with with uh, double. It's a yeah. double revenge game. Uh, and I, I like Brait too. We didn't talk about him, so I feel like we might as well throw him out there. All right, he's awesome and a lot of throws to go around. Check Brait off the box, and I think that's everybody. Saints Bills. <laughs> Uh, well, Drew Brees has been good, but he hasn't been Drew Brees of old. He hasn't been fifth-round ADP Drew Brees. Yeah, and the Buffalo Bills are no joke here. So I think Drew Brees would – to have a performance like he did last week where he was teetering near the 20s yeah. is he's got to have something go from the backfield. Like Kamara really helped him out mm-hmm. there. And not to toot my own horn, but that was what I was mentioning. You know, a little bit of those dump passes can really bail out Drew Brees. Yeah. No so doubt. I still like him, and he's Drew Breeze, people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got to play him. But uh, got to love Kamara. Got to love Ingram. Michael Thomas has been like, we were talking about this. I think he's the Demarius Thomas of last year. The Thomases of traded posts. Yeah. yeah. He was drafted like a wide receiver one, but he's given you stellar wide receiver two. You can't really complain. Yeah. Um, a tough landing spot to start Kelvin Benjamin's career as a bill. Yeah. I don't see much out of him, but you know, so don't start him this week, but don't get discouraged if he doesn't perform well because this is just a really tough matchup. So, so, so one of the things that uh, I've been thinking about recently with the Saints and um, why I actually believe that they're a Super Bowl contender this year, uh, the year that they won the Super Bowl, their team was actually built through defense in the running game. Um, it didn't really seem like it because it was Drew Brees, and Drew Brees stole all the headlines, and he ended up being the Super Bowl MVP, but their defense played well that year, and they ran the ball almost better than any team in the league. I think they're kind of going back to that formula and using that to say, like, okay, we we might not win a Super Bowl doing this, but we're winning games, and we're winning too many games to change anything. Do you think they brought the bounties back, too? <laughs> from that season I, I hope not but I mean it's a good formula obviously right yeah and if you've got Drew Brees once you get into trouble 
He can you bail know, you out. He can get you out. Absolutely. So I, I do like their chances. And that's the kind of quarterback you need in December and January. Before we move on, he's been hot. What do we think about Tyrod? I like him. I'm rolling him out wherever I have him. Um, he's been my Aaron Rodgers fill-in in, le- in one of the leagues where I had him. So I'm okay with him basically against anyone until he shows me otherwise. I'm good with him, man. He's picked up the run game again, so he's bailing you out right there. And that's Tyrod 101. Yeah, yeah two rushing touchdowns over the last two weeks. He's... His production has been more against uh, bad teams. You know, he, he's really done well against bad teams and has been kind of average against even middle-of-the-pack defenses. But I agree, you know, he's a guy that if you want to ride a hot hand, I, I think you're, yeah. you're fine riding that one. Uh, Bengals-Titans, it's tough to say it, but I'm picking the two-win Bengals in this game. I think this is a big bounce-back game for their offense, and I just don't think the Titans match up very well against Cincinnati because Cincinnati can stop the things that Tennessee wants to do well. This is like a nightmare um, survivor pool game pick. It's a tough yeah, it's one. certainly one yeah. to avoid. Like it's, yeah. This is one I would avoid at all costs. Um, hopefully the fantasy points will be a plenty, but I can also see it being the opposite. So it's, it's really tough for me to get excited about anyone in these games. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm still weighing if I'd like to start Tyler Croft. I think I'd still give him the, the boost here. I am just, in the league, yeah. so I'm going to say yes for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just think he's been good enough, right? Yeah, so for so sure. For, for sure. me, uh, if there's not – like if, it, if there's no Ebron available, if there's no – actually, that's pretty much it right now. Yeah. There's another guy we can get to in, a, in another preview. Kittle? Yeah. Yeah. Just off numbers yeah, alone, it's too hard to deny. Yeah. But, but I mean, to Croft trust. is, I, I, could, I wouldn't mind starting Croft yeah. over him either. Tough week to trust Joe Mixon, but so has every other week been like that. Um, so You start him and cross your fingers and pray for a touchdown. Yeah. One That's big it. play. It's, it's yeah. come on two games, basically, that he's scored. Right. Um, Packers-Bears, speaking of survivor pools, riding the hot hand and picking against the Packers with Brett Hundley in the game, not the worst idea in the world. Um, the Bears aren't obviously the best team to trust, but, you know, I think, Tom, what you said about your plum pick, or, yeah, it was you, um, just going to be a, t- or no, Scott, it was your plum pick that was it Jordan was Howard. Howard, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, you sold me on it. I think they're really going to use Howard. Hopefully we get some Tariq Cohen just because just a he's little really sprinkle exciting. of Cohen. Yeah. Sprinkle a little Tariq Cohen on top. You've probably got a... 10 to 14 point Bears win. Will they do it? I don't know. Um, yeah, you know, this is one of those games where kind of going along the, t- the survivor pool, I, I was in a uh, spread picks uh, league last year where, you know, everybody just picked against the spread. This is the, the game that I'm picking whoever gets the points <laughs> because I just think it's just going to be so ugly. And I think even the Packers defense has a chance in this divisional game to, you know, slow the, the Bears down a lot to, well, they you know. They don't throw. so that's, Yeah, that's exactly. So it's like, you know, how, how much can Howard really do? He's right. just going to – Howard's just such a good volume play that, that I just love him this uh-huh. week. But I think this game could be, you know, this could be in the teens – Sure. Martellus Bennett waved. Yeah. Right. Right. Same. Yeah. That's we were talking about this. That's probably it, unless a team that believes it's a legit Super Bowl contender who has a hole at tight end right. feels like picking him up, even if he wants to play. Um, I think it's a good depth position where when you're getting into these playoff games, you know, you might not be so spread out in the shotgun. You might be trying to run the ball, and he is one of the better run-blocking tight ends in the league. So I think that there's a home for him somewhere on a contender, maybe even Pittsburgh. on a – how about how about New Orleans, Pittsburgh, yeah. even going – I could even see him going back to New England as just a throw-in kind of piece too. There's, I think there's a market for him, but yeah. it's – you know, he's clearly not up to snuff this year. It leaves – it does open up two whole targets – 
in the Packers pass game this week. Um, so, like, I I don't trust Devontae Adams. I'm using him as, like, an emergency flex in a league where I'm really stricken by buys. But beyond that, I don't know if I'm starting Nelson this week or Cobb. I don't think you can. I think it's interesting, but I think Cobb might actually be a better play than Nelson because if you look at Hunley's yards per attempt – they're like pathetically bad. And the only time he's hitting Jordy, he's not hitting Jordy on his original route. He's hitting Jordy on this secondary breaking back kind of route as he scrambles out of the pocket. It seems like he's barely even looking at him. And, I, and you know, he was looking at Cobb more. So, I mean, it's crazy how how your season can change so quickly. You know? Just building Aaron Rodgers' MVP case, I yeah. suppose. Uh, Chargers, Jags. Like I said, Phillip Rivers, this is going to be a tough week for him. Or I forget who said it, but this is going to be a tough week for Phil. Um, maybe it's a good Melvin Gordon week, but the Jags defense also pretty good against the run. So, you know, this one's going to be ugly, I think. Yeah, I think it's a good week for Melvin Gordon in PPR. Yeah. Um, might be one of those ones where you get him involved in the passing yeah. game a lot again. Because I don't see a lot of deep passes being overly successful, but I see them having to pass. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say when you were talking about Phil, I think that, you know, one of the things that can break Phil out of being a shutdown is Melvin Gordon's effectiveness out of the backfield as a receiver and him just handing, handing it to him, hand it to him, throw it to him, hand it to him, hand it to him, throw it to him. And I could see that kind of happening. I still agree. I don't I don't think that this game is going to be particularly exciting. I am really excited for both running backs. I think Fournette coming off this suspension. I was going to say, barring he misses any team obligations, he will play this week. Right. So I think that that he's got to be like, all right, I'm going to run train on them. And, <laughs> and you know, the Chargers matchup is, you know, it's a great matchup. Well, a good yeah. thing about it, too, is that Fournette has been having a little bit of an injury bug this year. So he gets a rest week. Yeah. Like if you're a Fournette owner and you escaped. Whatever. Whatever. Exactly. Yeah, now you get him back against the – softening target old ivory perfect um let's go with washington minnesota i think this is going to be a really low scoring game because both defenses are playing well minnesota's coming off of a bye after the win in london washington coming off of the defensive struggle in seattle this one i think is going to be super low scoring i think the touchdown this might be one of those games where every touchdown comes from like a guy nobody thought to start yeah. You know, like a Samaje Pirine touchdown wouldn't shock me in this game. Maybe Rob Kelly, 20 carries yeah. for 12 Jarius yards. Wright or something like that. Yeah. I can see McKinnon having a good game me for too. the exact reasons that we just talked about Melvin Gordon. Yeah. You know, it's going to be tough to move the ball super effectively, and you're going to dump it out to your running back out of the backfield, and I think that's the best way to sort of mount an attack against the Redskins. I think if the Vikings are going to have a really good game, it's going to hinge on McKinnon's performance. And I think... For the uh, Washington Redskins, you know the wide receiver game is so meek, and that secondary is so good that it's it's a weird proposition. I think yeah. Vernon Davis is probably their best bet. Yeah, if if Reed doesn't play and it's it's not looking like he's I gonna, I don't think Vernon Davis is their best bet anyway. Yeah, and he, he still very well may be. Um, it's kind of interesting because you know the Redskins move the ball so efficiently with their tight ends and running backs. And that's how they get beat on defense. So it's it's like it's a weird dynamic. Like, why can't you figure it out? You do it yourself. They play each other in practice. Yeah, you think the offense would play the defense or something. Yeah. Chris Thompson must eat in practice. Yeah. <laughs> he should eat in games more, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Steelers, Colts, this is 
an ambush from the Steelers, I think, through and through. Start uh, your Steelers. Bench your Colts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah, I think I think so, too. Brissett has looked good, but not this week. Yeah. Um, Texans, Rams. Start your te- start your Rams. Sit your Texans. Uh, no, I mean I would I would start. Hopkins should start yeah, every week. There's I volume. Think there's plays a little bit of uh, overreaction to Hopkins right now. I think you're still good with Hopkins. Yeah. Sixteen targets is sixteen targets is sixteen targets. Right. How many targets did he have? Sixteen, dude. That's a That's lot. A and he lot. gets that like every week. Yeah, and it, like we were saying, that was a game where they were in it. Like, imagine a game where they're out of it. He's, his, yeah. He has no ceiling in targets. Yeah, no. no, he really Not doesn't. So him and, and you know Miller, I get to Miller has a tough matchup, and and obviously you guys know I'm not the biggest fan of him, but the volume is still there. Uh, and he's a pass catcher as well. Exactly, he's a, he's a pass catcher too. I I read that Foreman is you know coming along and he's making strides, but it doesn't seem like he's fully there yet. So Miller's going to keep getting those touches. Yep. Giants Niners. This game is destined for a scoreless tie. Somebody's got to win, man. So we're talking... Uh, <laughs> Fewest combined wins for two teams playing against each other this late in a season. Hashtag stats. Ever? Ever. Wow. Um, One talking, win. I mean, that's The Giants terrible. have let up touchdowns to the tight end in every single game. Every single game. So NFL record. If Kittle wants to continue the trend... Um, it seems like he will as long yeah. as he wants to. Yeah, I think that in in DFS I'm going to keep riding the wave, you know. I'm yeah. going to I'm going to ride Kittle and and see how it goes. Uh I you know, obviously I love Hyde. I don't really like the any other pass catchers for the 49ers, you know, no good one for me this week or or Robinson or, or Trent Taylor because of uh, the Jackrabbit seemingly yep. coming back. So he the Giants' be. defense, you know, will be hopefully a little better than what we yeah. saw last hey, week. Hey guys, uh just wanted to bring this up. Sure. I did think he had a concussion, so I just went on and checked. Kittle has already been ruled out. Oh, this week. Well, there you go. This week. Wow, who's the backup? He's going to be so, so cheap. <laughs> uh, we'll uh, update you with that on Twitter at RutzFF. Yeah, definitely. Go. We'll definitely have to look into that. An interesting one Because McDonald sure. got traded to Pittsburgh. Yes. Yeah. We, um, we brought him up in the Week 9 recap episode, so let's just get this fresh in our listeners' minds again. Orleans Darkwa against the worst defense against the run in fantasy this year. Uh, definitely worth a play if you were able to get him on the waiver wire. Let's Cow- go Darkwa. Cowboys Falcons. Ezekiel Elliott has a hearing on Thursday, but most legal experts don't expect a decision from the court before Sunday, which means that he will likely play in this game, which means that there will be at least... 48 points scored in this game. I think this is going to be a fun one as long as Julio Jones plays, which I think they're going to kind of pamper him and make sure that he's ready to go on yeah. Sunday because this is going to be a wild one if these two offenses can get going. You know, I, I thought that that was going to happen with Kansas City and the Cowboys, and it never really got there. So I'm thinking that this game really, you know, I'm hopeful that they both score, you know, in the high 20s and it's just this big shootout game. But I just, I don't know. I don't think, for some reason, I don't think it's going to happen with with Freeman banged up and Julio banged up. It's looking like, you know, the Falcons offense could could struggle. I know Dallas' defense is terrible, but, you know, the Falcons have shown us basically nothing on right. offense up to this point. You Absolutely. Know? And you're starting Dak, obviously. He is, is just otherworldly good. Right. Yeah, only thing I wanted to add is now you're looking at a Zeke suspension up until week 15. Yeah, bro. Man, it's, it's getting ugly. It's Rutz getting row. scary. Um, Pats Broncos, start your Pats, sit your Broncos. I mean, I think you can start your Broncos as well here, uh, being Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. 
they're the guys, man. There's not a lot of other t- uh, receivers out there. You see Benny Fowler screw up when he's given his shot. Yeah, it's all about These guys are going to get targets. And he didn't practice today. Yeah, either. these guys are going to get targets, and I think you'll be all right playing them. Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders was eased in last week, which is always a good sign. He was on a snap count then. Yep. And I mean that's a good sign now because now he'll probably yeah. be a full go. And this is a good matchup for those guys. This New England defense has been horrible. Yeah. If Brock Osweiler could put it together one week, this might be it. Um, is, is, keep your eye on Chris Hogan. He didn't practice on Wednesday. He's not going to win, by the way, Brock Osweiler. The right. Yeah, we know. Win. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Let me just clarify. <laughs> right. No, we got that. Osweiler did beat them before, though. Tw- two years in a row he's beaten them. <laughs> well, well, hey. We'll see if it's three. Hey, any, see, any, any takers on it not being, on it being three? Anyway, I, I don't think he'll on do it. it no. On it not being three. <laughs> All right. Um, Monday night, Dolphins-Panthers. Hopefully they both don't wear their teal jerseys. Um, tough for the Dolphins run game, like we mentioned. How do we see this going for the Panthers? Because we haven't really talked about them at all this episode. Um, you know, they're going to operate through McCaffrey and Funchess, it seems, until we get Olsen back. So that's what I that's what I expect to see. I really am so hopeful that they start to, you know, get let McCaffrey stay in the backfield and actually get carries, like multiple carries in a row and see if he can get some sort of rhythm because Stewart hasn't come close to really getting a rhythm all season. So... You know, it's obviously the line has struggled, but you know, I just think McCaffrey could could get that. You know, fifteen carries and ten targets like he got last week. That's that's money. If, if he's running hard, they're gonna keep him in because the Dolphins really surrendered to Marshawn Lynch in the second half of that Raiders game on Monday night. So if McCaffrey can prove that he can get through the tackles and make those tough nose runs, earn more yards than he's given. I think he can easily carve himself a path to getting another monster touch game. Yeah. The funny thing is, is that Jonathan Stewart is more Marshawn Lynch than McCaffrey. Right, so of course he is. Yeah, but. we'll see what happens. But for me, I always say it, this is Stills week, dude. The Carolina Panthers get beat deep. You saw Julio drop one. Yeah, and a lot of people were Ugh. a lot of people are dropping bombs versus the Panthers, which is why it's not really registering as right. them getting beat deep. But if you but watch, a win. <laughs> you see them get beat deep. Yeah. yeah, And I think it's a stills week for that reason. He's a deep ball guy. Devontae Parker did look like he was getting more and more comfortable as that game went along. So I do think he's also a threat. But yeah. if you can get stills on a low on a cheap DFS price, I like that call, Tom. One thing I would say though is pressure has been, you know, the Achilles heel of this offense, the Miami Dolphins offense, when they've gotten consistent pressure from from a defensive line, they have pretty much crumbled. So, you know, that that's what Carolina does. So it'll be interesting to see if that offensive line can hold up. Did you hear that, Tom? Did everybody listening at home hear that? It's not Jay Cutler's fault. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell <Sure>. yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, an interesting slate of games, some games that we think are going to be low scoring. And, you know, hopefully those big games uh, end up paying off in the way that we uh, hope they will. We hope you guys have a very enjoyable Sunday and Monday uh, with these games. If you want to hit us up on Twitter for start sick questions, let us know at RutzFF. You can also hit us up individually at WagsFF, at HillierFF, and at Why So Serious. Hit us up on Instagram to get the first look at our Man Catch Monday. I'm gonna I'm gonna fire one off right now too. All right, so check out what we come up with for our Wednesday content on Instagram at RutzFF. And like we said, hit us up at RutzFF. We want to help you guys get ready for Sunday. And uh, hopefully this episode did that very thing. We will see you on Tuesday for the Week 10 recap on the other side. But until then, keep scoring. Baby, we were born to win.